Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Hey, I want to start... I want to start out today by issuing a public apology. You know, at my age, you start forgetting things. And I looked down at my little timer yesterday, and I was five minutes off. I thought we were at the 14-minute mark, and we were at the nine-minute mark yesterday. So if yesterday's podcast seemed a little bit, uh, last episode, I should say, if it seemed a little bit... Uh, short it was. So I, I do apologize for that. I hope that you wisely invested that five minutes that I gave you back. Like in five minutes, you can go get a large Dunkin' Donuts coffee with four creams. And that is just a great way to invest time. So however you invested time, I hope you did it. I hope you did it wisely. We are in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 13 today. So let's go ahead and find our place there. And we, we're talking about just this life of purpose, a life that's not distracted by stuff and distracted by money and distracted by worldly things. And just, man, keeping the main thing the main thing. And Paul is, is just really kind of ratcheting it up, up for Timothy to understand that. And verse 13 is the really the apex of all of it when it says i give thee charge in the sight of god who quickeneth all things and before christ jesus who before pontius pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable until the appearing of our lord jesus christ which in his times he shall show which is the blessed and only potentate the king of kings and lord of all lords who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So this is kind of a a, a little hymn of praise that Paul is offering, but all of it in the context of a sober charge to Timothy. And I love here in verse 13 how that as he talks about, I charge thee before God, in the sight of God, uh, and then before Jesus Christ, and I love how he also mentions Pontius Pilate. You know, people say, well, that's kind of odd. I mean, why throw Pontius Pilate's name into the mix here? Why would that be such a name that he needs to mention? Well, he's using, uh, I see a couple of things I really like a lot in this verse. One is, is that it was before Pontius Pilate, who was not a godly man. And before that ungodly man, Jesus had a good confession. He was a good witness uh, and he testified well. Uh, before he he did not you know try to mince words with Pilate and sh- you know just shade the truth, but also it brings out the humanity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ truly was a historical individual. He stood before an historical man, Pontius Pilate, and this really reminds us about the God Man who came in true flesh, and in that flesh gave a good witness before an ungodly man. You know, constantly we're seeing the Bible validated. If you were to come with uh, me to Israel, I would take you to a spot in Caesarea along the Mediterranean where they found uh, an inscription for Pontius Pilate. You know, there, there were 
Bible rejectors that said, well, these are just mythical characters. That's not really, they, he wasn't really a, a real Roman procurator in Judea, but of course he was. And so I, I love what you just said, John, and that is there's great historical evidence uh, for the historicity of Jesus, Pontius Pilate, the veracity of the Bible. But I, th- I think another part of verse 13 that really just helps me understand the passage is remember that the greater context here is of slaves that are feeling gypped because they're they're saved and they don't have freedom and they don't have the perks and blessings of maybe their master and they are under the delusion that if I could just have more or be more then I would be a godly person and and Paul has been carefully dismantling that philosophy. He's been carefully saying, no, gain is not godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's about godliness. It's about God forming his character, the character of Christ in you. So don't fall into temptation. Don't have a love for money. Don't have this desire to be rich. Have a desire to follow faith and righteousness and all the things we've been talking about. And what better example of all of that than Jesus? So who is Jesus? The King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. But when he sat as a criminal being tried before Pontius Pilate, he wasn't there saying, I have my rights. I'm innocent of all charges. This is, this is, this is unbelievable. No. What did Jesus know? No. Jesus knew that this is part of the plan for my godly fulfillment of my life's purpose. So he submitted to that. He was willing. He was the slave. Pontius Pilate was the master. He was the one with nothing. Pontius Pilate was some, the one with everything. And yet, in light of eternity, it's, it's the exact opposite. So we've got to put the eternal view on top of all of this to say, this is the lesson that Paul's been teaching. You know, and I love what you just said, Pastor, and how it actually ties in directly with what Pontius Pilate and Jesus talked about. How that Pontius Pilate said, don't you know that I have the authority to kill you if I want to? I mean, Pilate thought he was the man of power. He was the man of power. He was the worldly leader. He thought he was the man in charge. And Jesus reminds him, you couldn't do that at all unless you were given the ability to do that. Jesus had the authority that God's in control of all things. And yes, right now, the one whom Pilate is going to be crucifying actually is, as you mentioned, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, who someday will be Pilate's judge. So often we find people of this world think they have the real power in life. Psalm 2 reminds us the kings of this world this Messiah, the King of Kings, will have them in derision because they are not the true powers. There is a much greater power than they are. Look at verse number 14. That thou would keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy, I know that what I'm asking you to do is not, it's counterintuitive. You're to follow righteousness and godliness. You're to repudiate a, a ministry mindset that says, let me get more, have stuff or station, or don't worry about all that. Timothy, you just be concerned about your character before a holy God, because one day you will stand before him. And this is a solemn reminder to Timothy to remember that day by day, he needs to live with this mind in view that what he does, does have an eternal bearing. 
Uh, and so he needs to make sure that he is doing that which is right day by day because he is responsible, as all of us are, for what we do. And God notices when we do that which is right. It goes back to the end of chapter 5. God does understand those who are doing wrong, those who are doing right. And we someday will stand before our judge. Timothy, you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus walked this road. Jesus stood in front of his trials. Jesus had the times of his misunderstanding. Okay, but he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Look at verse number 15, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Timothy, everything is in God's hands and everything is running according to God's timetable. And in his times... He is going to demonstrate the reality of his authority. In his times, he's going to manifest the reality of his glory. Okay, so Timothy, you can wait. You can be misunderstood right now. You can go without right now. You can, you can have all of the, 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 the pain of what it takes sometimes to form godliness in you because one day you're going to stand before Jesus Christ and it, it will be worth it all. Often in life, it can be difficult to have patience when we're going through difficult times. And I even go to Revelation chapter 6, where we find martyrs for Jesus Christ who are crying out, Lord, how long is it going to be before you, you, you know, establish your kingdom and avenge those who have done wickedly? But God is exactly on his timing. What God is doing, he knows is right. What God does is all wise. And so we have to trust him, have patience walk with him by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we know that he is in charge. He is sovereign and we can follow him humbly and with a grateful heart that he does know what he's doing. The Bible says in verse 16, who only hath immortality. And Jesus was the only one that conquered death in the grave. It's because of his victory, because of his life that we have life. It's, 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 it's not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. It's not my life that's immortal. It's his life that's immortal. And it's as his life has become mine that I enter into that immortality. So who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So there's both a, there's, there's both a transcendence to the person of Jesus and an approachability to the person of Jesus. And they are at once true. And I, and I love how we saw back in chapter one, when Paul was talking about his life and how God had worked, Paul just breaks into a doxology and, said, and praises the, the immortal God. And here in chapter six, as he's finishing up this epistle, as he talks about Jesus being the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, also the God man who came down and whom we can know and we can have his life in us because he can be our savior. That again, Paul just breaks out in this praise about how great God is and who he is. And he is a great God that we need to understand, knows what we're going through. He knows where we're at. And even if it seems counterintuitive in our life, we can follow him with great, with great gladness because he is our Savior. So think about just the verses we've read today, my friends, and the encouragement they provide. So in verse 13, we are encouraged by the example of Christ. You know, he witnessed a good confession before Pontius Pilate. In verse 14, we are encouraged by, or we rather should be um, incentivized by the fact that we're going to stand before Jesus. Uh, we're going to stand before him at his appearing. We're going to stand before Christ. 
So that should be a motivation. So motivated by his example, verse 13, motivated by uh, uh, his, um, uh, his appearing, verse number 14, uh, motivated uh, number 15, by, verse number 15, by his identity, who he is. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And then I would say, finally, uh, uh, motivated by his power, he to whom be honor and power everlasting. So God has it un- under control. God has the timetable under control. Uh, God has, has provided the example. Uh, it, it, it all comes back to our sufficiency in Christ. It sure does, Pastor. And as you just talk through this right now, remind you of Titus chapter 2, where he talks about the grace of God that has appeared to all men. But then it talks about how that we today, because we have experienced the grace of God in Jesus Christ, we are to live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world. And we're to be looking forward to our blessed hope, looking forward to Jesus Christ who is to return. There is good reason why sometimes Christians have been called people of hope because we have the hope of Christ. He is returning someday. And that eternal view of hope today lifts us up to follow him because of who he is, what he's done and just the, the future is always to be a great catalyst today to living a life that's godly. There is no situation in your life today that you're going through that cannot be made better than what it now is in your mind by simply thinking about the person of Jesus. And I would encourage you to do that today. Think about him. Think about his earthly example he went through the things that you go through. He was tempted in all points like as you are. Uh, he was mocked. He was misunderstood. Uh, he was maligned. He went without having. He went without. He suffered deprivation. Think about his example. Think about the fact that he's coming again. That's going to encourage you. Think about who he is. Think about his everlasting kingdom. Think about who Jesus is Just that thought alone about the person of Christ is going to help you. And I think that's why Paul just kind of went into this effusive quotation of this hymn of praise in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 through 16. Well, uh, that's it for today. Uh, I wanted to finish today, but I knew just as soon as we started that that we weren't going to. But tomorrow, I think, will be our last day in this book. So let's finish strong. Let's all be here and let's get what God has for us uh, tomorrow. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.